Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. Stay close to Jesus and never ever elevate anybody into a position or place that they have no business having. Jesus, top, okay? And it doesn't matter how charismatic an individual may be or whatever or pedigree they may have or doctrines or or certificates or whatever it may be, Jesus is, is to be number one. And if there is somebody who is leading people astray, then you stay faithful to the Lord. The Lord will deal with those who are leading people astray. We've probably all seen news about cult leaders who smooth-talked their followers into committing mass suicide or some other horrendous act. It's tragedies like those that should remind us not to fall for any leader's charisma or charming personality, but to be always on the lookout for warning signs. In today's message, Pastor James tells us that when you stick to Jesus, you can't go wrong. Human leaders will and often do fail, but Jesus is faithful when you follow him. He will never let you down. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Revelation chapter 2 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. This church of Pergamos, they partnered up with the Balaamites, we can call them, okay, that are teaching this doctrine of Balaam and the Nicolaitans, they, they just wrapped their arms around these guys and said, yeah, hey, we're all in this thing together. And Jesus is like, no, you're not. No, you're not. I have this against you. And the sad thing is for the leadership of the church is they're allowing this to take place and people within the congregation are being stumbled, okay? They're being led astray. But there's a remedy. Even for a church that is just, it's gone off track, it's compromised, Jesus says, but you can come back. You can come back. And he says, verse 16, repent, or else I'll come to you quickly and we'll fight against them with the sword of my mouth. And that's the other thing is like, Jesus is like, look, I'm going to show up. You guys can either repent, which means turn from your, the way that you're headed, turn away from that, or I'm going to show up in your church. And I'm going to bring my sword with me. I mean, as cool as that sounds to me, that's definitely not something you want. Jesus, you don't want Jesus kicking down the doors of your church with the sword in hand saying like, hey, okay, you didn't want to listen, so here I am, right? And so the, the key to this, the, the notion is repent. Within my own heart, personally, applying this letter to my life, there's no room for compromise. There's no room for compromise. And, and we as believers know that compromise is always creeping in always creeping in. The enemy wants nothing more than to, to, try, to try to disrupt our lives by intro, introducing little compromises. It's the little foxes that spoil the vineyard, right? It's like, it's just little things. Let the little thing in, the little thing in. We always have to be on guard about that. And when, we, when we've allowed them in, the same message applies for us today. And Jesus says, look, just repent, just repent, or I'm going to show up in your life. I'm going to kick down the door of your heart, so to speak, because this kind of reference is, is common throughout this, uh, throughout all these letters. And, and I'll, I'll use my word, which is uh, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's like that surgeon's scalpel to, whoosh, I'll cut out whatever I got to cut out. So it's just always best to, like the, you know, like the scriptures are always encouraging, encouraging us, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. 
you can either do it or you can let him do it. It's our choice. It really is our choice. And it's like, you know what, Lord? I just, help me to be humble. Help me to be humble. So repent, or he, or he says, I'm going to show up with the sword. I'll fight against him with the sword of my mouth. Verse 17, who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some hidden manna to eat, and I will give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name written, which no one knows except him or him who receives it. So you got the hidden manna. What's the hidden manna? That's, is that the stuff that they hid in the ark and all that? No, no, no. The manna is Jesus, Okay. All right, manna equals Jesus, bread of life, right? So that, that could be, that's one aspect of that. Um, this white stone, a very fascinating thing about that, white stone. Why, why white stone? Well, Pergamos, if, if I'm remembering correctly, there was a lot of contrast there, contrasting colors represented within the city of black and white, black and white. So the white stone would almost be like a victor's kind of stone type deal. Right, so Jesus is going to give you, uh, you overcome. He's going to give, you, give a, a rock that has a name written on it, a new name written on it, uh, written, which no one knows except for whoever receives this. There's a lot of ideas about what that represents and everything. We, we'll, we can touch on that at some other point in time, but here's what I know about that. Stay focused on Jesus. Stay faithful to Jesus. Stay committed to Jesus. If compromise has come into your life, repent of it, turn run back to him, be an overcomer, experience that hidden manna, looking for that cool little white stone, whatever that thing is. Maybe in heaven, that'll be part of, part of what you receive there, but with a name written on it that nobody knows except for you if you receive the thing, right? So it's, it's all this like Jesus is saying, hey, look, for you churches, you know, some of you guys are doing good here. There's, there's one church that really gets no compliments at all, but um, doing good. You need to fix this. And by the way, stay strong overcome, and there's something down the road for you, and it's worth it. It's all, all of it's worth it. Even if we don't fully understand it, it's all worth it. But you see the spiral, the downward spiral. So you got the compromising church. Now you got the corrupt church of Thyatira. It says, to the angel of Thyatira, write these things, or these things says the, the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire and his feet like fine brass. That's all speaking of judgment, okay? I know your works, love, service, faith, and your patience, and as for your works, the last are more than the first, right? So you're, you're intensifying in your works. You're increasing within your works. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. Because you, you allow that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and to eat things sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent of her, her sexual immorality, and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent of their deeds. I will kill her children with death and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts and will give to each one according to your works. Here's a letter to Thyatira. They got a Jezebel. A Jezebel is in the church. And so again, we know context-wise at this point in time, there was someone within the church of Thyatira. It's almost as if the leadership of the church was, ascri was ascribed to this lady, whoever she was, right? Nowadays, this would be like a, this would be like a hot topic, right? Like, hey, lady in leadership, what's wrong with that? A pastor, female pastor, and we, we should allow that and all this stuff. And it's like, well, it seems like it's kind of whoever they appointed that she's kind of getting them in trouble. And so what it's, you know... It, 
there's all this, this ideas and this notion of like, you know, why, why should guys be the only ones allowed? And, and we're not getting into any of that stuff. What we know from this church, a very real church at a very real time in history that represents a time frame within history as well, speaking of a church age kind of a deal, this church had s- surrendered all leadership basically to this one lady, and she was leading them into idolatry, sexual immorality. I mean, you just see the, the, the delineation from, uh, from Ephesus to, to Thyatira. I mean, it's just, it's gone crazy. Like, the, the worst problem, and it was a problem for, for Ephesus, they, they turned their back on Jesus. They, they left their first love. That's problematic for sure. But when you get to Thyatira, you're like, are you guys even a church? Like, is this even really a church that we're talking about? Because I'm reading through some of the stuff, and I'm like, Woo-hoo, why would anybody want to go to this church? Like, this doesn't sound anything like to me like a church. You got a lady who is a woman who's Jezebel. Now, was she literally, her, was her name Jezebel? I don't know. Probably not. But she was an, an individual who claimed to be a prophetess, okay? Claimed to be a prophetess. Now, that doesn't mean that prophetesses are not real. They are real. We know that from the book of Acts. She was claiming to be one, though. And she was not. She's an imposter. And we know that through her fruit, because the fruit that she was bearing was was just sin. So they, they allowed her, they gave her a platform to teach and to seduce, he says, my servants to commit sexual immorality and to eat things sacrificed to idols. And Jesus says, I gave her time to repent. I gave her a heads up. I gave her time to repent. She could have turned. She, who, this lady, this very real lady at this moment in time in history had the same opportunity to turn from her sins but she chose not to. She chose not to. Again, you don't want to follow a religious leader or a pastor or anybody who's just refusing to repent, okay? Not somebody you want to follow. She chose not to. He says, I'm going to cast her into a sick bed along with anybody who commits adultery with her uh, into this great tribulation unless they repent of their deeds. I'm going to kill her offspring, her children with death. And all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and hearts, and I will give to each one of each of you according to your works. There's nothing that is hidden from God. Nothing. Nothing at all. He goes on to say, verse 24, now, now to you I say and to the rest in Thyatira, as many as do not have this doctrine who have not known the depths of Satan, as they, as they say, I will, put, uh, I will put on you no other burden. But hold fast what you have till I come. And he who overcomes uh, and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give the power over the nations. And he quotes there, he shall rule them with a uh, rod of iron, and they will be dashed into pieces like the potter vessel, as I also have received from my father. And I will give to him the morning star, and he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. So there are a faithful few within this church, okay? They haven't gone over and they haven't given themselves over to these false doctrines and, and this, this teaching that had been established within this church. And Jesus is communicating to them as well, remain faithful, remain faithful. Um, but he's also given a heads up to those who have abandoned him, so to speak, and have decided to follow this lady into sin, really, and... He said, he's giving him a heads up. He's like, look, I'm not going to tolerate it. I'm not going to put up with it. And 
More will be held, you know, she will be held accountable for leading these people astray, but anybody who wants to jump into bed with her, so to speak, will be held accountable as well. And there's a good application for us as individuals concerning that too. It's no compromising and, and no corruption, just pure, holy, stay close to Jesus, stay close to Jesus, and never, ever elevate anybody into a position or place that they have no business having. Jesus, top, okay? And it doesn't matter how charismatic an individual may be or whatever or pedigree they may have or doctrines or, or certificates or whatever it may be, Jesus is to be number one. And if there is somebody who is leading people astray, then you stay faithful to the Lord. The Lord will deal with those who are leading people astray. He will. Again, we saw from last week, in, in case you didn't, judgment starts. Revelation is kind of, it kind of is a book about judgment for sure. But judgment first starts with the church before it ever starts with the world. And Jesus is setting his church straight. And he's like, look, there's the things going on I'm not happy about. I'm not happy about, and I will fix these things. So stay faithful to him. Verse, uh, or chapter three, the dead church. Okay, the dead church here in uh, Sardis. It says, to the angel of Sardis, or the angel of the church in Sardis, write, these things says he who has the seven spirits of God, the seven stars, I know your works, that you have a name, and that you are alive. Uh, <laughs> that's it. But you are dead, right? Like, I know you're kind of a church, but you're kind of dead, right? He's like, I don't know what's going on with you guys, but he says, Verse 2, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found your works perfect before God. This is just a lifeless, dead church, a lifeless, dead church. He's like, listen, whatever life is remaining inside of you guys, you just hold on, hold on to that, because even that's going out. Even that's dying. Like, it's a sad state for the church. He says, remember, therefore, how you have received and heard, hold fast and repent. See, even this church, even a dead church can repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. You have a few names, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments, and they walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels." He who has near, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So he's like, look, he's like, there's a few of you guys that are uh, walking around in white garments, basically kind of spotless, not perfect, but they're covered in his righteousness and, and just clean in, this, in, in a dying and dead church there, basically. He's saying, overcome. I'll, I'll clothe all of you guys in these white garments. Faithful church. Philadelphia, the church everybody wants to be, right? And to the angel of the church of Philadelphia, right? These things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength, little, uh, have kept my word and have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie, indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I, will all, or I also will keep you from the hour of trial, which is about to come upon the whole world, to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast to what you have, that no one may take your crown." He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. 
I will write on him the name of my God and and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write on him my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So Philadelphia, you're doing good. You're doing really good. Like, things are happening, and there's a lot of false teaching surrounding you and all that good stuff, but Jesus basically is saying, listen, in the end of it all, I will prove you to be true. And all these other ones around you will recognize that. They will have to own up to that. And they're not bowing down and worshiping at the feet of the Church of Philadelphia. Essentially, it's, it's them recognizing the fact that the Church of Philadelphia, they were committed to the, and he says, you've kept my word. You've not denied my name. And the other, all the false teaching and everything that was happening within that region and specifically within that city would recognize that. And what a great thing. That's what, of course, that's what every church wants to be. Every church wants to be Philadelphia, right? They want to be ones who are holding fast to the word and staying true to the Lord and let the Lord open doors and, and you know, keep those open. Nobody can close those things and close the ones that need to be closed. That's what we want. That's what I want as an individual as well. I want to stay faithful to him, I want to persevere and, and all that good stuff. And for those who may be surrounded in my own life who may not be believers, I want them to see that, man, James is loves Jesus, and eventually, hopefully, to see those guys themselves fall, fall, you know, fall on their knees, so to speak, in front of Jesus, surrendering to him. And then the last little church here. If we were in any one of these church ages, it's this one for sure. It's this one, okay? We believe that the end times are I mean, they're not happening, but they're, we're like on the doorstep of these things and whatever that means and all that good stuff. But the lukewarm church, it doesn't take much research to see that the lukewarm church is, is just alive and active, however it can be as a lukewarm church within our day and age. And here's what, here's what he says. He says, the angel of the church of Laodicea write, these things says the amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you're neither hot nor cold. I wish, you were, I wish you were cold or hot. I wish you were either one. Pick one. Be hot, be cold. Be something. Be something. Stand for something, please. No, we'll just be lukewarm, right? We're, just, we're not going to make any really, you know, statements on anything. We're not going to make any dogmatic statements on anything. We're not going to stand for anything, really. We're just going to be kind of right in the middle. We're going to be kind of right in the middle. Why? because we don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Because if we say this, then these guys over here will come at us. But if we say this, then these guys over here will come at us. Welcome to the lukewarm church. Welcome to the lukewarm church. There's, I mean, my, do you, I try to be somewhat perceptive of some of this stuff. And the day and age in which there's like this whole thing called the celebrity pastor and all that stuff, and nobody wants to make hard, fast statements on anything. You have a pastor who stands up and says, yeah, abortion's wrong. And then the next day, they'll stand up and say, you know what? Maybe abortion's not all that bad. I misspoke. I, I, you know, let me clarify what I meant. It's like, well, no, is it wrong or is it not? Yesterday it was. Now today it's not? Or are you hot or are you cold? Which one are you? Well, I didn't want to offend anybody, and they backtrack. This is the era, the era of backtracking. It's like, oh, I didn't mean to say that. And, and no, this thing, this is a sin. Well, no, it's not really a sin. And, you know, and it's like, this for sure seems to be the day and age in which we live, where it's hard to find anybody who will stand for anything, and especially the things of the Lord. 
It's like, well, what does the word have to say about it? I don't care what your opinion is on it, and I don't care if you lose a platform or lose some followers because of your stance. What does the word say about it? It's hard to get that nowadays. It really is hard to get that nowadays because, because unfortunately, we, we do live in a day and age where, man, outside pressures really will, you know, and I may lose a book deal because I make this statement. It's like, what? Really? Yeah, that's, unfortunately, that's a lot of the motive, some of the motivating factor, I should say, in the church world. And it's sad. But here's Jesus saying, like, I know your works. You need a hot or cold. I wish you were hot or cold or hot. I wish you were one or the other. He says, so then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Like, I don't want anything to do with you. And what a sad thing for Jesus to say about the church. This is, he's writing to the church. And his postcard to that church is like, you make me sick. Dear church, you make me sick. Nobody wants to hear that from Jesus. Jesus filled out a new visitor form, dropped it in the offering box on his way out, and you read the comment, and you're like, you make me sick. You're like, oh, I think there's a problem. I think there's a problem. He says, you say, I'm rich, having become, or I'm rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, and do not, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Now, this city was destroyed by, uh, I believe it was an earthquake at one point in time, and the city itself was able to rebuild its own city without the help of any government. No bailouts for these guys at all, none at all. They rebuilt their own city. And they were saying, and that was their statement. They went around saying, we have no need from anybody. We're rich. We can do it all on our own. Unfortunately, that mentality crept within the church. And they thought they were rich. They're not. They're miserable. They're wretched, poor, blind, naked. Jesus says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich, and white garments that you may be clothed, and that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And anoint your eyes with eye salve, that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. He, in this, he, the same proclamation is going out today, too, not just for the church, but for, for us as individuals. He's like, look, you think you got it all together. You just don't. As many as I love, I rebuke, I chasten. Therefore, be zealous and, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So his instruction in this beautiful verse that's there it probably can be applied evangelistically, but it's applied to the church. Jesus is, the saddest thing is that Jesus is not even welcomed in, into this church. And so here, the, the lukewarm church, and here's Jesus saying, look, I'm knocking. Um, you guys want me in, just open the door. He's a gentleman. He's not going to kick it down, so to speak. He's waiting for the church to open the door to let him in. The lukewarm church has closed their doors to Jesus. Why? Because they don't need them. Because they don't need them. May it not be true of, of us as individuals or us as a church that we have shut the door on Jesus. And if he have, just open it and let him back in. That's it. It's pure and simple. Hope to the hopeless, hopeless, red for the broken.
What we learn from Revelation and many other books of the Bible is a continuous journey. We appreciate our time with you here today on Bread for the Broken. Our host is Calvary Galveston in Galveston, Texas with Pastor James Grizzle. This ministry is dedicated to spreading the truth of the gospel through the study and reading of God's Word so that everyone can find hope and new life in Jesus Christ. If this has resonated with your soul, we'd encourage you not to ignore that. Would you reach out to us by visiting our webpage, breadforthebroken.com? We'd love to talk with you. You can get started by locating the contact tab at the top of the page and submitting an email that will be securely sent to us. Better yet, why not come and join us as we worship Jesus together? We're a laid-back, uncomplicated group of people, simply seeking to love like Jesus better than we have before. We'd be overjoyed to have you come. Just mark it on your calendar Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. or Thursdays at 7 p.m. Take your pick or come to both. Understandably, not all of our listening audience is near Galveston, Texas, but we hope that you'll join us on our live stream so you don't miss out on any inspiring and challenging messages from Pastor James Grizzle. Make sure to visit breadforthebroken.com to learn more. Did the words you heard today make an impact on your day? Would you consider donating to this ministry? We're so thankful for your financial support. To get more information, go to breadforthebroken.com. That's all we have for today, here on Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you, man.